Have you ever considered that your hair had a story? <laughs> the Brave Boy Diaries is a podcast and visual diary by black men for black men about our hair. With me, your host, Matthew Drotter. <laughs> this isn't just regular barbershop talk. Nah, these are real conversations with real men about a topic that our voices are often left out of. Through our talks, we'll redefine blackness and reshape masculinity through the lens of fades, waves, dreads, and the fadeaways. This is a new kind of brotherhood. These are our diaries. Welcome to episode one of the Brave Boy Diaries. I'm very excited for you all to be here today. Thank you so much for just giving me the chance to share my story and listen to other people's stories as well on this platform. Today we're going to be talking to one of my dear friends, Quentin Cola. He is a software engineer and music producer um, currently residing in New Orleans, Louisiana. We'll get to that in a second. But before, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of context as to why I did the show in the first place. I never had hair. I mean, not like I was bald when I was a kid. Always just made me have my hair um, extremely short and extremely clean. So as I grew up, um, I had this curl pattern and this curl texture that was just a little different. But I always thought about what I did with my hair. Um, and as I got older, uh, I started to experiment with life and myself. And then I just started to just learn things um, over time. Um, it's going on, I think, three years, yeah, three years for me and my natural hair journey. But I started in September of 2018. I'm growing out my hair. Um, and I did it for um, some self reflective purposes. Um, a really crazy relationship that made me think about what I was doing a lot, <laughs> um, in life, and then at lot, lots of family things going on because I just came out to my family and then um I had like friend things happening I had money things happening so I just had a moment where I was just like I need to reset and um through the reset I thought hmm, maybe I could do this um through a relationship with my hair so now we're here today <laughs> um and I'm excited to just share my story and the stories of other with you um through this platform so yeah today is exciting day um we have a very special guest um yes (laughs) in the background um we're going to be talking to quentin cola today quentin cola is a music producer and software engineer um from Louisiana, currently residing there now um but he's been a couple of places um all over the states um and i'll just give quentin a chance to introduce himself well, hey, Welcome. Matt, first, uh, thanks for, 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 for having me on your show, first of all. Um, this, is, this is awesome what you're doing. Um, I think this is a platform that, um, like you said, is, is, is something that we as Black men need to talk about, um, or should, um, just because it's, it's something that is often overlooked in, 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 in our own experience 
experience. Um, but uh, to introduce myself, uh, my name is Quentin Cola. I'm a, a producer, um, a musician, um, uh, but by trade, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a hardware engineer. I, I, I design um, um, chips for, uh, for Intel right now. Um, by That's trade. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I've been growing out my hair since uh, November 2014. Wow, that has been that long. Um, it's been a November while. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually, it's it's funny how I started. I started just because um, it was a no shave November. <laughs> so me, 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 me and my roommate at the time, um, Sam, who I think you also have on the show. At some point, but um, Sam, Sam, yeah, Sam will be on the show at one point, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we just decided, hey, let's not cut our hair for this month, um, and and, not, and that's what we did. And after the month was over, I kind of started to like where I was. Uh, I was like, hmm, I might not go back. Um, and then I just kept growing and start started to learn more about myself throughout the process. It's it's it's. Yeah. It's been a journey. It's it's been a journey that I don't know if I intended to beyond beyond this long. LOL. Yeah, exactly. But but here we are. Yeah, we'll get to all of that too. I'm in a second. I guess honestly, for people too to know, the reason why Quentin is our first guest today is because I want to really talk about this season when we talk about hair um in this show um and truthfully um before i decided to embark upon this for real for real this time um you were the first person i called on the phone <laughs> and i was I like that. <laughs> yeah i did also didn't even know the no shame november story for you so that's interesting um <laughs> like oh fun context but yeah <laughs> but before like i really decided to do this um you had been growing your hair out for quite some time mm-hmm. and i was just like before i even do this i was like let me <laughs> Let me talk to somebody who's doing it. Um, and then I called you on the phone, and you were like, "You need to do all this." And you were like, "I need yeah. all these things." And I was like, "This sounds like work." <laughs> and, yes. and, and, and it is. <laughs> um, but we'll get to all of those things in a second. Um, yeah, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, okay. Just walk us through today's conversation. Um, so yeah, we're gonna set things up is. Um, a couple of phases but um really i think we can just get started by talking to you about like how things started for you like your childhood like lessons um and even like i guess that time period when you started to think about growing out your hair whenever that, that was in college yeah so like yeah what was your um, relationship with your hair like child like how how did it evolve like what was that like honestly before college i had really no relationship with my hair um it was just a thing that was on my head honestly um up until i want to say like that was like seventh or eighth grade um i had kept um a short shortcut wave cut um my dad used to cut my hair uh in the den while we were watching tv type thing um and it was just it was just always low and then i think in seventh grade i decided to to grow it out then as well. And it was only for a few months and I didn't know anything about hair care. I was just like, hey, I want to fro. I just want long hair. Um, 
and I had no idea what was happening. So um, for a while, I grew it out, maybe like five or six months during eighth grade-ish time. And um, I remember that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it, I, I, after a while, it got to be too much. And, and of course, like I said, I didn't really know much about hair. So I was like, man, let me just cut this. I don't need this right now. Um, and then I started playing football. So that kind of was one of the things that pushed me to cut it because I couldn't fit my head under the helmet because I already have yeah. a big head. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did your parents talk to you about like why they want it to be short? Or was it just like a non-negotiable thing? Like was it just yeah, something that was never... It, it, it was, yeah, it was kind of just like an, an understood thing. Like it, 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 mm. there, there was no conversation about it. It was just, that's what you do. You cut your hair, you keep your hair cut, you keep your hair clean with a fresh line type thing. Um, <laughs> yes, that's exactly that that word. Um, so, what is, clean? what is clean? LOL. <laughs> that is that's that's a that's a dive. Um, <laughs> I don't. I think my the definition of clean has definitely changed since then. Obviously, but um, as long as you're kept, you look kept. Um, you're taking care of yourself, um, and it's all healthy. That's that's what I see as clean now. Um, but back then, clean was clean shaven, cut hair, tight line. That was it. That's what clean meant. If if my hair was any longer than a wave cut, then it's time for a haircut. Mm. Um, but um, go, go, going into college. I think I had a pretty sheltered childhood, and you, 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 you can tell me if if uh, if that's accurate or not from your perspective. Um, For context, people, this is also my best friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, you were locked up like Cinderella for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So so after going to college, I went to Ho- to Howard in D.C. Um, so this is my first time being out of the house for for any experience, um, extended mm-hmm. period of time. Um, so my first year, of course, was just me trying to live life as a quasi adult. Um, <laughs> what was like, like getting haircuts like when you like made that trend? I never Ooh. talked to you about that, but what was that transition like? like going from like New Orleans to like having like a routine barber to like having to go like to DC? Like, what was that like? That was, um, it was an interesting process at first. Like when I first got on campus, I kind of just had to trust people's word <laughs> on who could cut hair well. Um, and of course in my mind, my, my, my mindset was still set on to look clean, you gotta have a clean cut type thing. Um, so I'm always still trying to find a clean cut. So I just had to kind of ask around, try to see who, who, who people, people are going to to get a clean cut and um then i'm in college so i'm broke so i can't really go to a a shop all the time and pay for it so um after a while an emerging an emerging gentrifying dc so literally (laughs) in shaw of dc where that's actually when it started to be more pale let's say that um kind of visit like i remember like at one point, I was I was I was upset I'm going to Howard. You know this, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, I had gone for like an accepted students weekend, 
And oh, I was sure just, I, I was so surprised by all the white people that I saw. This was like 2013, too. Like, yeah. And it's I was way like, worse now. It's crazy. Well, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, um, so having to find, you know, my place in DC, my, my, my place with my hair then was a journey that whole freshman year. Um, and into, my sophomore year as well, which kind of was part of why me and Sam went on the no shave November because we were both broken. And at the time, a lot of our friends who did cut our hair in freshman year in the dorm and stuff like that, they started to charge more. And I'm like, bro, we're still all college students. I don't understand what you're doing. So we kind of was like, okay, well, screw it. That's just Let's just see what happens. Um, and then along that way, I, I had to get readjusted to seeing myself with hair. Um, and then now trying to take care of it because now I'm on my own. It's not like I have my mom or, or, or anybody around to, to tell me how I, how I look. Mm-hmm. So I needed to kind of come to terms with myself and, and, and understand, okay, I like this look or I don't like this look mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and cater more to myself in that sense. So mm-hmm. that was a journey and just trying to learn myself um, mm-hmm. and what, what what is comfortable for me and me only. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then sense. of course the, the coming back home with, with, uh, with my family who taught me, you know, clean cuts, that was, that was the thing when I came in back home with hair, the first thing my dad asked was, "When are you gonna get a haircut?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was mm-hmm. that was a phase for a while, um, mm-hmm. trying to defend my hair, which is and you uh, felt like you had it, to. You felt like you had to do. Yeah, which is which mm-hmm. is an interesting stance to be in, you know. But, um, but yeah, you said a little bit earlier uh, mm-hmm. that you. Didn't really have a relationship, I think, as a child with your hair. So I guess, like, it seems like that moment you started, I guess, like, in college. But, like, I guess, like, was that the moment that you really figured out, like, what a relationship between, like, a Black man and his hair was? Like, through that process? Ironically enough, it was not through a Black man. Um, It was through Mm. my sister. So my sister started to grow her hair out. Actually, while we were... In actually, when we were in eighth grade, is when she she started to grow her hair out. Well, not grow it out, but become natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually in eighth grade what made me just want to grow my hair. Of course, I didn't know at the time how to take care of it. I was just like, oh, my sister has an afro now, so I want to kind of see see what I would look like would look like with one. Um, and then, of course, throughout that time, I've learned much more from her and how she takes care of her hair. And that that's actually where I kind of grew into my own understanding of my relationship with my hair. Um, and then also going into my understanding as a man um, and not being, not being afraid to do things for myself or that I want to do for myself um, just because of mm. what the, the stigma of it is um and my sister helped out with that a lot 
just in helping me. Of course, like, you know, like you said, I told, told you all the con conditioners, all, all the things you ha mm -hmm. have to do to your hair, <laughs> like all those things. So she, she helped me a lot with that. Yeah. Um, and, and just becoming more comfortable with being outside of the stereotypical um, blueprint of what a man is. Hmm. What is a man to you? A man is, hmm, I think, I think that definition is self-defined. Um, I think if you identify as a man, then you being yourself is you being a man, period. Mm, period. That's it. <laughs> um, that's the simplest way you can put it, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's honestly all, all I can really say. Um, and being, mm. being comfortable in that is, is something that a lot of us have to, to come to. Um, Did it I take, think that's... Mm -hmm. Did it take you a, a while to get to that comfortable space or yes yes mm. yes yes like they were all throughout college honestly um like since i started to grow my hair to when i i grew group i graduated um i was just experimenting with random stuff um because mm. there, there there was a certain look that i had in my mind of what long hair looked like you know the the light-skinned guy with long curly hair going down his back type type thing that was all with the idea I had in my mind, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, and then I, as I started to grow my hair out, and I'm seeing, like, my hair don't do that. My hair goes up, <laughs> don't fall. It don't fall at all. <laughs> yeah. So ha having to learn that and, and having to come out of the expectation of, or, or, yeah, the expectation of trying to fit the mold that I had in my mind, mm -hmm. um, coming out of that and then into accepting what is coming out of my head mm -hmm. um and being being okay with that like that that didn't really hit me until I moved to Portland where I, I started to <clears throat> become comfortable um with my hair because mm. out and there of course hmm? what year was that that was uh after I graduated in 2017 Okay. Um, so I moved out to to Portland in August 2017 um, to start work, <clears throat> and um, and as you know, we all pro probably can uh, assume that Portland is not very black. Um, it's actually extremely pale. <laughs> um, <laughs> so being out there, of course, ha having hair and being being a black man alone. Um, leaves a certain taste in people's mouth regardless mm -hmm. of who you are i mean um i can speak to that one as well yeah for saying so yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so um but but after finding some 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 black folk out there um they had been so accustomed to being in the white space that when i come around with my long hair with my fro um it's almost like they were amazed by my presence. <clears throat> and that's something that kind of threw me for a loop for a while. Um, Cause I was like, my hair is just this curly mess, like what? <clears throat> um, so them, they actually really helped me come into 
appreciating my hair and appreciating me as a person, like as a human being, not as Quentin per se, but like mm. just me existing, just appreciating my existence. Um, and that and just like just being able to take that space, like felt like it gave you that power to do that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that, and I think that's what would start to cultivate my relationship with my hair even more. Um, Cause now it's not, like I'm taking care of it so that it can look a certain way. I'm taking care of it because it feels good to take care of it. And mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and and w- once that switch flipped, it was a whole new world. Um, I, I was able to do, 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 do different things with my hair. My hair started to grow like nothing, honestly. It was just mm-hmm. growing fast as hell. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, that journey was... Uh, it was a tough one at first, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm glad that I'm <laughs> where I am now. Yeah. You know. You like started to age and like as you matured like over time, like how do you think that's like added to or like how influence like how you understand like the concept of hair? Like, hmm. That 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 question has two sides to it. Um, so, one as as I've aged through uh, just aged, and then <clears throat> I think, of course, throughout the process of of me growing my hair um, in parallel, like I said, I'm starting to learn myself, starting to understand what I need for myself more um, than trying to do you know what is the quote-unquote right thing to do Mm -hmm. um so and just that 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 experience and and growth through that process um has brought me to a place now where I'm extremely comfortable in my body um with my hair with 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 everything just like I don't know I this is I don't even know how to explain it. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. just a, a a great place to be, um, and it's it's a tough place to get to because um, you got you got to go through a lot of people kind of doubting you along the way. Um, mm-hmm. Very much that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's um, often like the people in your like. This is part of your circle too. Yes, exactly, and that and that's what makes it so much harder. But at the same time, that's what makes the end goal kind of easier to get to. Not not easier in the sense of not being hard, but easier in the sense of it almost fast tracks it. Because I mean, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess yes and no, but I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, because it's like, okay, like for me, um, my dad was that person um, mm-hmm. who who doubted a lot of my, my hair growth and, and my growth into how I define myself as a man. Um, and that was, that was difficult because all of my life up until this point, you know, my dad was my example of a man mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and understanding um, how much I am like him in the personality and looks and everything. Um, mm-hmm. 
that was kind of difficult to grow through. And I think even now I'm, I'm getting to a point in that relationship where we're actually starting to become friends. Like me, 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 me and my dad are enjoying times now as we used to, <clears throat> um, which I'm extremely grateful for. But um, it was it was him who kind of pushed me with, with the questions of, uh, so when are you gonna cut your hair? Why your hair look like that? You sure you want to do, do that? You sure you want to wear where that like why do you have a pink sweatshirt like like little small things like that it's like why does it matter i'm still me yeah. um and that was that was a hard journey, journey to come through but now that i'm here i'm like why does it matter um i am who, who i am regardless of what i look like regardless of how i speak regardless of of what i do i am who i am at the core still me so this this other stuff does not matter. Yeah. No, that's very that's very very <laughs> real. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sorry. I just 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 on the the other side of your question, um, you said how how has aging kind of helped me along the process of understanding myself now in in today's time, and I think in today's time sets a whole new dynamic to it. <laughs> um, so like now I actually locked my hair, um, now hmm. a year ago, actually, um, I locked it on April 17th, 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a year. yeah, it's, it's actually crazy to think about cause I haven't thought about that cause life, but, um, well, happy but anniversary now, to your locks. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's my first anniversary. <laughs> I made it through. Um, and, and they still look a little rough, but you know, it's the process of try, trying to get them to the point in, in understanding and l- starting to love them for what they are and mm-hmm. not trying to, to work them into what you want. Um, but I think that was a big change in my life because up until that point, um, my family had always been against me going and trying to lock my hair because mm. of the the, the the stigmas that come along with that, along with being a black man. Mm. Um, and that was a tough, tough um, step for me to take um, because I understood exactly where they're coming from. But, but like I said just now, like now I'm at a point where regardless of how my hair looks, if somebody was gonna think that thing of me, they they were gonna think that thing of me regardless. So might as well do what I want type thing, you know? Um, I've I've, I've been talking about trying to lock my hair for a little while now, Um, but but after COVID came and I was like, I'm staying at home, Um, I'm not Mm -hmm. really going nowhere. This is the perfect time to, to try to lock up. And then I have time to fix it up afterwards so, so, so I don't look crazy, you know, mm-hmm. um, which actually worked out well. Um, now I think, you know, they still don't look uh, the stereotypical nice clean lock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love my locks. Like I love the way they, they look on me. I love the, the reception that they've had in my family. I think now my confidence in my hair 
and and what I do now has started to change my family's perspective of things mm. because they knew me before all of this and now mm. me being and now me fitting into that stereotype <clears throat> um by look per se it's mm-hmm. kind of starting to break that down for them they're like oh mm-hmm. well this is our son and he has locks now so why does it matter if like it, it starts it starts to change the perception and that's and bring, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no go ahead no, I was going to say it brings a sort of like humanity to it all over again in yes. a different way. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I think that's that's been a huge part of this. Um, just starting to change stuff in my family. Ch- change the, the traditional way of life. That's hot. The things that we want, yeah. Mm-hmm. We love a, um, <laughs> the breaking of a generational curse, LOL. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> In whatever way you find to get, <laughs> may it be through locking your hair, may it be yep. through a seance, however you want to do it, you know, but we're here for it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what's up, though. That's cool. Um, mm. You know, you know what's mm. interesting about this, and, and, and I believe that this was the entire point, but now that I'm talking about it, this is the first time that I've actually talked about these stories in, in any real conversation. Of course, I've had some internal conversations about it, but this is, this is eye opening for me even. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is awesome. There's a lot of time back. I mean, we all have been, I don't know. I think the most that we'll do for like haircut appreciations or whatever is like we might snap a photo after we get our hair done. That's about it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's about as much reflection that we'll give. We'll just put it on the timeline and be like, my hair is done. Um, yep. And that's it. But there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot more to it though, you know? Yeah. Um, you said some interesting things a moment about like community and just like perception of like, what like you know like what it's like to be perceived as somebody like with locks i guess like um for me it's just like for me to you it's just like what other associations do you think people make sometimes even us what other associations do you think we make about other about like hairstyles that people have or like things that they choose um because um, i feel like it works both mm-hmm. ways like i feel like there's a perception <laughs> people outside of our community and then there's also this grappling of like trying to defend masculinity in a way so it's like that's another layer that gets added to this too um Hmm. but Hmm. yeah i guess like what Um, associations do you think so i i actually did just talk to my mom about this the other day Hmm. um we um we, we we were just just having a conversation and she reminded me of a story where me, me and her were in the car this is probably like 10-ish years ago <clears throat> and i don't know where we were going but we were going across the bridge and we saw a billboard that said um it, it, it was it was a wanted sign and we saw one of them and the description was black male with dreadlocks. 
<clears throat> and I think within that week, we had passed like two or three one, three three uh, 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 other ones that pretty much had the same description. Mm. <clears throat> um, so my mom brought, brought brought it up, and she said, "That's that's why we didn't want you to have locks, not because um, we 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 were afraid that it would make you a thug, quote unquote thug." but we were afraid that it would make other people think that you were. That's still <clears> a impact. <throat> it is. That's, um, that's extremely heavy. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, that, that's something I, 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 I fight with almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I also take it upon myself and push myself to almost be overly overly courteous or overly happy Mm -hmm. um, when I'm out which part of it is just me being me because that's just who I am but also it's me trying to break down the stereotypes that -hmm. people have of black men with locks like I I want to walk into a room with my locks and somebody say, oh, he's a computer engineer, not, oh, why is he here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that I, I, I've taken that upon myself extremely, um, like that, that weight is extremely ha- ha- heavy, but I've taken it upon myself to push that forward as much as possible to ch- try to change the perception because I think that perception is, is detrimental and it, and it has been for me like in, in in my on my own walk um because there were some times and i feel bad about it, i feel horrible about it now but there there's some times um coming up because of the perception that this country has of black men with locks mm-hmm. that i was afraid of black men with locks at a time mm-hmm. like like there, there was a time where if i was going down the street and I saw a black man with locks starting to walk towards me. I mm. wouldn't cross the street per se, but I would you feel have a certain like I need feeling. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, because you're and now realizing all these things that people around you are putting into you. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's and that's painful now because I'm like now I'm in that I'm in that position, and to know how how bright I can be mm-hmm. to think that somebody would uh, would automatically think anything else of me just by me going down the street mm-hmm. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's polarizing, yeah. like, when you take the chance to sit in the seat differently. And I yeah. say seat as if you're in a barbershop, by the way. But you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's like, yeah. but, but really, though, like, for me, it's like, and then it skews. So it's like yeah. I could wear my hair out differently and get a completely different reaction because my curl pattern is different. You exactly. know what I mean? Versus like you walk into a place doing the exact same thing. So exactly. even then, like in the present vein of today in like society, with with everything being whiteness, um, yes, <laughs> there's there, there's still very much like that like what can I actually do um 
And mm. I think I think lately I've I've kind of come to a point where if we're in the mindset of what can we do, we will always find an excuse for what we can't. What do. we can't do. Oh yeah, exactly. And and I think now I'm I'm like, well, no matter no matter what I do, they're gonna think some type of way. So might mm. as well just do it. And that's exactly why I just do it now. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> precisely. And, and and now I'm 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 starting to get into that mindset more and more. Um, and and it's 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 a, it's a process, <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's um it's a sense of freedom that is kind of to to an extent it's kind of scary hmm. because because of the like you know mm-hmm. that they're going to think a certain way so you do it regardless mm-hmm. but still in the back of your mind you understand that they're still thinking that way mm-hmm. so it's kind of trying to find that that mid ground of not being scared to do it and not being um scared in like be, be being scared while you're doing it too it's interesting. It's like you have to like navigate through this space. Um, yeah. You have to like consciously figure out like how your hair fits into the space as you're navigating it. Um, yes. Even when you really don't want to, because it's just a part of who you are. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and um, <laughs> like I said, I, I was having this conversation with my mom the other day, and we, we were just talking about. And and not to 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 kind of change the subject, but just as black people as a whole, like we're just now starting to get to a place where we can wear our hair the way the way it comes out of our head, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're just now been, get, getting in a place where not only do we feel comfortable doing that, but it's also starting to be more widely accepted mm-hmm. among folks outside of our. Our, our our black folk, you know? <clears throat> and it's partially because you have these black people in different parts of our tax bracket doing crazy shit with their hair and faces. Um, yep. It doesn't, and it doesn't completely, like, give them complete credit to it, but right. in the wave and motion of, like, this being more accepted um, in predominantly white spaces, it does help um, <laughs> when you see, like, people with, like, 20-inch weeds walk into border rooms and like yes exactly with, like, you know what i mean so it's just or like men with like locks they're like how jay-z like yep. where's his head i don't even know like what to call the locks on his man's this man's yeah, head but but um, it's the confidence you know what I mean? that he wears with it yeah. exactly and then it, yeah. and then he'll switch it up from like a suit to like a sweatsuit to like some golf sh- and he'll be the fine. versatility of black men um, is crazy it is um <laughs> we have probably the most versatile creatures on this planet to be honest yeah well besides um, our counterpart you know the black the black, woman. The black yeah they they honestly <laughs> trump us head down okay um, yes because <laughs> we came from women um mm-hmm. period back to pac okay um <laughs> no i'm glad we the style part though i mean like that was one of the things I really wanted to ask you too, like in terms of just like style, like how much, how much does style play a factor into like blackness for I guess people? 
Um, or are, think, or mm-hmm. are they like one and the same? Like I, so I think that's where I was gonna go with that. I think we as a people are just creative hmm. in every sense of the word, um, ex- especially here in this country because we've had to be. We we've been <laughs> put in so many boxes along the way that we've had to be creative to still succeed within those boxes <laughs> and and that over time has has bred a a generation now where we can do whatever we want mm-hmm. and we can actually be successful in it um mm-hmm. though it, it it's hard and and they, they have a whole bunch of rules and guidelines that are set to stop us from doing it we still somehow find a way to do it to the point that we're so good at changing or, or adapting ourselves that the laws change to rebox us in. Mm-hmm. And that happens so often. I mean, oof, what you just said a little bit just gave me chills in a way, but yes, um, it's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're so that, afraid that, to let us be ourselves that they have to continuously have to continuously find new ways to box us in. Exactly, and and I think it's it's a fear of you know of us doing to them what they did to us. And honestly, as a people, I don't think we're like that. We just want to be left alone. Like we just want to be able to do our own thing. Period. That's all we want. We don't want, want to bother nobody. Like, let us do us. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you and, fuck with my shit, I'm out. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing. Like, just, just leave us alone and we'll be straight. But right. as soon, soon as y'all start to infringe upon our freedoms and, and our, our creativity and our success, then it becomes an issue. And now you call us the angry Black people. Like, no, you... Mm you messed over us while we were doing our own thing in the corner. Yeah. You know, so I think the, the creative, I think we as a people are creative period. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a, um, mm-hmm. how does style tie into it? I think black culture is, is style in every sense of the word. There's a quote. Who said the quote? Um, I don't want to misquote it, but I think it's like God made black black people. I have to find the quote. Oof, mm-hmm. I don't want to misquote it, but it's along the lines of this. Um, it's like black people are the influence behind style creativity. Um, yep. And it's true. Yep. Completely. Um, yeah. I guess for me, mm-hmm. we talked about status a second ago, but how long do you think I don't know. I think, like, yeah, like, times are changing, but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there's still so much to change. Um, Yeah. How long do you think, like, we'll have to deal with, like, this rift between, like, the connection of, like, people, Black people and, like, their status and, like, where they are um, and, like, where they sit in this society versus, like, what they're able to do with their hair? I know we talked about like people being able like to pay 
just for this to happen <clears throat> for people. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, how long do you think that we'll really have to like sit in this wave of like waiting for like our pockets to catch up with our ability to like have freedom to like really live our bodies out the way that we want to? Um, does that make sense? Uh, I think so. So I'm gonna try to answer it, and you you you, you can like start to direct my answer as I go. LOL. Um, <laughs> um, I think I think it has a lot to do with um, and and bear with me when I say this. It has a lot to do um, with a combination of our mindset and mm. the system that we're in. Mm. Um, and I think those two kind of go hand in hand. Um, I think this, the system that we are in has trained us um, for 400 plus years now to, hmm, to cater to whiteness. Um, to to abandon our own and to see our own as not good enough or not clean or, or whatever, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So over time, it's bred that mindset in us. And now we're at a point where we're starting to break those curses bit by bit, of course. But mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of folks who, like I say with my dad, like, the the cutting of the hair was was a, a means of survival um for a lot of our ancestors <laughs> it was uh for for i read this this article who i read this article a while ago um that explained why um the the I, I, the african women who were enslaved why they wrapped their hair and and I'm not sure how how accurate this is, but I, I from he, from hearing it, I'm like this is probably true. But the slave owners used to sleep with a lot of you know the slaves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or rape them. <laughs> and when their wives would find out, they'd be upset at the 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 slave owner. So now this man is in a position where he did what he wanted to do and now his wife is upset. So what he does is he blames it on the other girl. He says, her hair entranced me, it's so beautiful. From that point on, um, the wives made the slaves wrap their hair so, so that they wouldn't take their men. So from that point, point on um and don't and don't don't quote me on this but this is something that i read and of course we have to look into our own stuff yeah but um but when i when i read i was like this actually makes a lot of sense and that's why we have so much trouble understanding our own hair because we we, we were forced to hide it for so long Hmm. so now we're not even forced to hide it like even before when they captured people in Africa, like the first thing they did was shave them of their heads. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. 
So it's 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 I I think it'll I think what need, needs to happen is a combination of two things for for us to change. I think we need to be more confident in how God made us, and that, and that's not a fault of our own. Um, it's 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 a it's a product of the system that we live in, honestly. And um, but we have to we have to add some we have to get there by mm-hmm. by whatever means like we have to get there or else we won't ever be free to live our lives because i think once we understand I, I i wrote a piece a while ago and I, I don't know if i showed it to you actually no i think i did but um <clears throat> i think uh one of the lines that i had in the piece was um i don't think we understand we understand our power as much as they do. Mm-hmm. They understand our power more than we do, which is why they try so hard to keep us down. Mm-hmm. And once we understand our power for ourselves, then nobody can stop us. Cause we are, we're just a confident people. We're mm-hmm. a resilient people. Like once, once we start to completely love ourselves, completely love our culture, completely love everything about what being black means mm-hmm. that's when the shift will start to change because that, mm-hmm. that that's when the 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 system starts to break down mm-hmm. because the system was built on the backs of black people mm-hmm. yeah so once we shake up the foundation right. yeah you shake the foundation and everything falls what is blackness to you <clears throat> blackness is everything that black people exude. I mean, it, there is no, there is no box to blackness, and and that's something I learned when I was at Howard. <laughs> um, you know, being in the south, just yeah, being being in the south, you you are kind of trained to understand blackness in as one thing. Way. Yeah, that's um, interesting. It is, and and I don't even know how to explain it now that I've I've said it, but it's just like. Can you try to though? Is as somebody okay. who's like, because you have like, because you're from the south, mm-hmm. um, and Louisiana is one of the. I mean, not one of the. I mean, yeah, it's one of the most racist parts yeah. of the south. Um, yes. and then <laughs> sure. so we have that hick town part of your make, and we have the fact that you went yep. to D.C. and then you like went to white ass Portland. Um, yes. So if you can, like, try to take a minute to explain it, that would be really cool. <laughs> okay, um, I'll try. <laughs> uh, I think growing up as a Black person in the South is, and I think I said this before, is, is you're trained to live out of need for survival. Hmm. Um, you, you do the things that will get you just enough to live, to survive, to make it to the next day. Um, it's, it's almost like we live in fear um, as a black person. And I mean, with regard to the system and how the world works, but, but even within the black community, I was raised in a middle-class household, right? Um, and I'm, 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 I'm grateful for the fact that 
I have had the opportunity to do a lot more things because of my friends um, than a lot of other people. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> but on the same end, it's kind of hard um, because growing up, I was always in between. I went to, you know, we both went to a, a school that was pretty-ish diverse. Um, but for me, I, I don't think I was I was ever black enough for the black people. The black kids, yeah. Yeah, and I was too black for the white kids. Yep. And um, that duality. <laughs> and I was a hard too place to be anywhere. Huh? <laughs> and I you was too good to fit anywhere. So. <laughs> and i think that's something that's that's often overlooked especially in the south because it's it's just it's just a thing um so so after i left for school um in my mind there was one idea of blackness it was Mm -hmm. the black folk that were calling me too white Mm -hmm. and that that's what my idea of black was um Mm -hmm. And then I go to Howard where it's the Mecca. And, and, and I'm not saying that out of pride. Like that is, it is truly the, the home of all types of black folk. And mm-hmm. it's, it was such a beautiful thing to see because you see people from all walks of life doing all different types of things, doing whatever, th- things that a lot of folks would say are not black things you know mm-hmm. and um that whole, whole whole experience one changed my perception of what black is but also it it gave me the freedom to explore my own blackness mm-hmm. to to understand my role in the black community um and that was a, a eye opener. That was I just I loved it so much. It was it was just it was great. I was able to be myself more. I was able to just do things that I loved with people that I lo- that also love to do those things and not yeah. be you know thought of as too white or too black or 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 or, or anything outside of you know mm. what I am or who I am, <laughs> and then. After that, going from an extremely black place, um, where almost the only people I interacted with were black, being pushed into Portland, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. that was it. Like when I when I joined, I lied to you not when I joined um, Intel in Portland, I was one of uh, three black people on my floor. My floor has about five to 600 people on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and that that was a huge culture shock. And I know a lot of folks say like, that's why HBCUs don't prepare you for, for the real world. And I think it's actually the complete opposite. I think that's why they do because they teach you how to be completely yourself, no matter what. No matter they te- where yeah, you are. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm grateful for that because now 
I've mm-hmm. gone into that space and I've went in there, I've gone in there with an Afro. I've gone in mm-hmm. there where, and there, there have been times where I, I have changed my hair like two, three times a month and they're all confused as to how I did how those small things like that, like I'm going to do me regardless. And if that affects you in a certain way, then that's on you. If you're, if you're interested and want to learn more, I'm happy to let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at this the end of the day, I'm going to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is me. And, and this is what you're going to get every day. <clears throat> um, so I think at first, of course, it was, it was hard because I don't think I had ever in my life been in an almost completely white space, <clears throat> um, like from birth. So at first it, it was kind of a culture shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, once I started to get my, 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 my bearing straight and, and start to re- re- realize more of who I was and where I was and what I was doing and why I was here, then it, it made, made it easier to just walk in that. Yeah. That's what we call delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, my last question today for you um, is just, can you tell me, I guess, like one of your favorite memories um, about your hair that you had like over the course of time? Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. This, this one story and this, this was a, uh, kind of upsetting at the time, but it's hilarious now that I think back. Um, but this was like, this is my senior year um, of college. And at this time I'd, I had been gr- gr- growing my hair out for about two years now. And um, th- th- this was the fir- fir- first time I had tried to go to go and get my ends trimmed. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I, need, I need, need, need to find a place that does this, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, the dorm I was standing at the time, they actually had a b- 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 barber shop right behind it. Um, I was like, okay, let's go see. Um, what, what, well, not a b- b- barber shop, but a, a salon slash shop type thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I went down, down there and I, was, and I said, hey, I, I need my ends trimmed. Um, so um, I go to the, the, the hair stylist um, and she's like, um, We'll go sit in his chair and, and, and he'll handle you. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, she told me to go over there. So he obviously knows what he's doing. At this point in time, my understanding of how black men understood hair was completely skewed. I was like, black men don't know how to take care of their hair. Like I, I thought at the time I was one of the few who did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is, I don't know if this is, this can go well. Um, but let's see, because she said, go, go, go to him. So I sit in the chair, he puts the, the, the apron on me. And then he, he picks out my hair. And then he takes out the scissors and just starts to like shape my fro. Uh, oh my God. And I'm like, okay, oh, like maybe what? this is. This is something a little different than what I've seen, but he knows he's doing right. What? So okay. he was do- doing that for, for for a while, and he he stayed on, on, oh, on wow. the back for so yeah. So he stayed on the back part of my head for a while, and I was like, okay, he, he, he's being extremely 
cautious and meticulous. Cool. I'm okay with this. And then he gets to the side and he's st staying there for a while. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a little minute. Um, and then he stops and he goes and grabs clippers. Eh? He goes and grabs clippers and he said, this is going to take forever. And I was like, oh, wait, what? He proceeds to give me a shape up of my fro. I lied to you not. When I got out that chair and I went back up to my room to take a shower to wash my hair, because you know, you supposed to wash your hair mm -hmm. after you get your hair trimmed just to get all the extra stuff out. <clears throat> um, and I washed my hair. I lied to you not. He cut half of my hair off. Oh my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> half of it. It was just gone. I was like, oh my God. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? And you just <laughs> cut off your hair? Oh no. Well, for, first of all, I couldn't see it because you know how they turn you away from the, 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 the mirror while you're getting your haircut. So mm. I'm like, I don't see it. And then in my mind, I'm like, it's shrinkage. So it's just short because. He didn't even ask you how long he wanted you to be. He just started I, to cut. The thing is, I said I wanted my ends trimmed. So it shouldn't matter how long. I just want the edge trimmed. <laughs> Lord. But I know that now. <laughs> yeah, so that was that that, that that was an experience. And that, that was the first and last time um, I've gone to a barbershop to get my ends trimmed. <laughs> That's exactly why my hair has not been trimmed yet. I need to make an appointment <laughs> done yes. soon. I refuse <laughs> to go into a barbershop. <laughs> yeah, don't they're, do that. They're all yeah, they have no idea what they're doing. Terrified. Um, <laughs> I can just imagine me screaming as I leave the shop. I was just like, oh, okay, well, this happened. Quentin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you yep. so much for this. Of course. This was awesome. Um, I, I appreciate this. No, thank you. Um, I hope that you share that piece that you were talking about with the people so we can put it in the visual diary section um, of your little piece. But Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, but um, if you want to tell the people how they can keep in touch with you um, and follow you on all of the things. Sure. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Instagram at, uh, at Q underscore Orleans. Um, that's Q underscore O-R-L-E-A-N-S. Um, uh, that's really kind of all I'm on. Active. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll send the people your way to follow you. <laughs> uh, thank you much for listening to this episode of The Brave Boy Diaries. Make sure to leave a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're on Anchor FM. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to those pods, we're there. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Brave Boy Diaries to check out the visual diary leaks and more from this episode. <laughs> Bye. Ta-ta. <laughs> I'll see y'all later.